Welcome to The Church Door, a place where I can post my Bible studies and sermons for your listening pleasure. I'm the Reverend Matthew Fenn, pastor of St. Peter's Evangelical Lutheran Church in Stratford, Ontario. Thanks for tuning us in. The text for the sermon is Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 22. And when the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord a pair of turtle doves, or two young pigeons. Thus far, our text. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Today is the presentation of our Lord. That's the short form. The long form is the purification of the Blessed Virgin Mary and the presentation of our Lord. But that doesn't quite fit nicely on the front of your bulletin covers. It's been 40 days since Christmas. And Moses instructed that for 40 days after giving birth, a new mother shall touch no holy thing nor come into the sanctuary until the days of her purifying are complete. Now, isn't that a bit ironic in the case of the Virgin Mary? For those 40 days, she was touching a holy thing, wasn't she? She was spending most of her time touching the most holy thing that you can touch, the incarnate God Himself. Now, she didn't have much of a choice, though, did she? I mean, who else is going to care for her? and feed, and clothe, and uh, feed, and clothe, and care for little baby Jesus. Now Moses required this sacrifice because a mother brought forth a sinner into the world. And so she had to be purified. But that's not how it went with Mary, is it? No, her child was not a sinner. She did not give birth to the, or conceive this child in the ordinary way. And when the Holy Spirit comes upon a woman and the power of the Most High uh, overshadows her, then she's already been purified, hasn't she? So why does Mary need to be purified if Jesus, her son, is the sinless Son of God? And What are they doing in the temple? So that's what we're going to look at a bit tonight. St. Luke tells us that three things took place in the temple 40 days after Christmas. First, the purification of Mary. Second, they offered a sacrifice. And third, they presented six-week-old Jesus to God in the temple. And with each one of these three events, Luke says that it happened 
according to the law of the Lord. But I want you to note the praise that is given to Mary and Joseph because of their obedience. Notice how they sacrifice even what little they have to make sure that they listen to what God's Word required of them. They offered a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. That tells us what Jesus is doing in the temple. It's His redemption day. To redeem means to buy back. When you redeem a coupon, you're buying back something. It's also the word you use when you set a captive free. You paid the redemption price, and the person got to go free. Well, in Egypt, God spared all of the firstborn of the Israelites. He spared them from the angel of death. And the angel of death passed over them. So from that point on, all of the firstborns in Israel, whether they were animals or, be, or humans, were considered holy. Every male that opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And so if, if it was an animal, you sacrificed it. If it's a baby, you pay the redemption price. Every firstborn was spared death by the lamb's blood painted on the doorpost in Egypt. And every Israelite parent was reminded of that night when they redeemed their firstborn in the temple. Consider for a moment the irony. The one who is the redemption of the world, the redeemer of Israel, the redeemer of the whole world and all humanity is himself redeemed by two pigeons. Not everyone could afford a lamb. So the law gave provision for those who are poor. So that tells you something about Mary and Joseph. They're not wealthy people. Mary and Joseph despite their poverty, they don't use the miraculous birth of Jesus as an excuse to save precious time and money. No, the sacrifice comes at a cost for them because they're poor. And yet, they willingly obey what God's Word tells them to do. Notice their willing obedience, and then look at our own half-hearted, begrudging obedience. The example of Mary and Joseph puts us to shame. Most of the time, if you're anything like me, God can barely get us to obey Him begrudgingly. That's why, as Christians, we need to continue to hear the law. There are times when we have to goad and prod and push ourselves to obey half-heartedly. Paul, in our epistle reading, our, our second reading, gives us a vivid image to help us. You must present your bodies to God. Just like Mary and Joseph presented the two turtle doves, you have to present a sacrifice, and that is your own body. You must lay your whole self on the altar in, in the temple. 
What does this mean? It means that your evil thoughts, your evil desires need to be put to death. Your wants and hopes and dreams need to be sacrificed for the sake of the kingdom. What God says comes first. God gets first position in your life. Everything else gets sacrificed. God must be given first place. And what He says in His Word is given first place. Christian living is the glad self-offering of your whole self to God. Because God, has had His mercy has come down to us. It's come down to meet us in our rebellion and sin and death. Christ offered Himself as a bloody sacrifice for us. And so now you, as a baptized Christian, offer yourself as an unbloody living sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. And this calls for a radical new way of thinking, Paul says. A renewal of your mind. The, the world's way of looking at things won't get you there. Don't be conformed to this world and the way it thinks. That's hard. We're all in some way conformed to this world. We all think like 21st century people. So we have to examine the way we think and ask ourselves, is the way I'm thinking the way God thinks, or is it the way the world thinks? And if it's the way the world thinks, then you have to change. Conform yourself, not to the world, but to God. You are in the world, but you're not of the world. Instead, we have to be transformed by the renewal of our minds. That requires us to be in God's Word, to be in prayer. All of God's goodness to us means that we should thank God and listen to Him. Instead, we should never become the belligerent, unruly, unwilling people that our flesh wants us to be. Since God has shown His abundant mercy to you, you should offer your life to God out of thanks and gratitude. So Mary and Joseph, they offered the redemption price prescribed by the law of Moses. Then, like little Samuel in the Old Testament, Jesus is presented before the Lord at the temple. And He's dedicated to do His will henceforth. That's why that reading from Zechariah is chosen. The glory of the temple. The splendor of the temple. Greater than the, the, the splendor of the temple of Solomon. Why? Because the incarnate God walked into this temple. Not that one. Because he sets up a church, which is the temple of the Holy Spirit. That's all connected to this Passover 
business. Jesus is the Lamb whose blood spares us from death. And that's getting to the heart of why we celebrate the feast of the purification of the Blessed Virgin Mary and the presentation of our Lord. Jesus was presented in the temple on this day so that you and I might be presented to God in glory. That's what the hymn of the day said. Whatever Jesus does, whatever is done to him, is all done to fulfill God's law. To fulfill all righteousness. To accomplish all the things that are written in Scripture. Jesus took up the burden of the law so that He, by His shed blood, might liberate us, might liberate you from your captivity to death. Because of our sin, we are captive to sin and death. As our Psalms said, there is no one who is good. No, not one. We are born in a debtor's prison. There is an outstanding bill to be paid, and the law shows us that unpaid bill. The law accuses our consciences. God requires of us, of me, of you. He requires perfect, sinless, holy obedience all the time in thought, word, and deed. So when you obey God, you're not earning brownie points. You're only giving Him what you ought to have given Him anyway. And so, the debt that we owe has to be paid. And it's paid with, the perfect, with a perfect, sinless, spotless, unblemished, sacrificial death. That's what the child is doing in Simeon's arms. That's what it's all about. Jesus is the fulfillment of the law. And he fulfills it with his perfect life. And then he pays our debt, our debt with his bloody death. As disobedient as we are, Christ still loves us. He still gives us the benefits of his death. He still freely and lovingly blesses us. Those gifts continue to bring to you the benefits of Christ's death. They're given to you in baptism, in the Lord's Supper, in the Word, in private confession. You are redeemed, purchased in one from sin and death and captivity to the devil. And you're purchased in one, not with gold or silver. Money can't redeem your life. It takes blood. Jesus presented himself on the cross to be the atoning sacrifice for your sins. Your bodies are his, redeemed by his precious blood. You are bought with a price. You now are holy and acceptable because of his sacrifice for you. So now, out of gratitude, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. Live under Him in His kingdom and serve Him with everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness. 
even as he is risen from the dead, lives and reigns to all eternity. This is your spiritual worship. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's stand for the Magnificat. You've been listening to The Church Door. Thanks again for tuning in. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, you can reach me, Pastor Matthew Fenn, at revfenn, R-E-V-F-E-N-N, at icloud.com. Look forward to having you with us again next time.